Fun Ideas Productions presents the Fun Ideas Podcast. Hi, this is Mark Arnold, and welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 175. The Fun Ideas Podcast is brought to you in part by Lee's Comics. Friends, have you tried Lee's Comics? Lee's Comics is better than the leading comic book store. Wait a minute. Lee's Comics is the leading comic book store. Based on arbitrary standards set by Lee Hester himself. Lee's Comics was named as one of the 21 best online dealers by popoptique.com. To shop the Lee's Comics eBay store, go to eBay and search for Lee's Comics, Inc. That's L-E-E-S-C-O-M-I-C-S-I-N-C, period. Don't forget the period. Mention the Fun Ideas podcast when you order, and you'll receive a free bonus gift. You remember them from your childhood. Half for the Friendly Ghost, Richie Rich, Hot Stuff, Baby Huey, Sad Sack and Little Audrey. You read them in comic books and saw them on television and in the movies. Now you can read about how they and other Harvey comic characters were created in two great books from Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions, The Best of Harveyville Fun Times and The Harvey Comic Companion. Both are available from Amazon. The Companion is also available from Fair Manor Media. They are available in hardcover, paperback, and ebook versions. Order your copies today. Long title Looking for the Good Times Examining the Monkey Song One by One by Michael Aventrella and Mark Arnold. A book that examines each song, gives lots of details about each song, and our own personal opinions. You can find this book on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, and anywhere where good books are being sold. Our webpage is wordpress.monkeys.com, where you can see many of the songs and give your own opinions of them. And we will be discussing this more on Zilch. Christmas, Christmas time is here, and Alvin and the Chipmunks are here again. In 1958, a down-on-the-clock songwriter with an unlikely name of Ross Bagdasarian plunged the last of his family savings on a multi-speed tape recorded and created The Witch Doctor and Alvin and the Chipmunks. This changed the fortune for his family, his record label, and animated cartoon studio. Alvin! The story of Ross Bagdasarian, Liberty Records, Format Films and The Alvin Show by Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions is available from Amazon and Fair Manor Media in hardcover, paperback, and ebook versions. Order your copies today. My Pac-Man book called Pac-Man, the first animated cartoon show based upon a video game, is due out on September 25th, 2022. You can pre-order your copies now at Bear Manor Media or on Amazon. I'm still working on my Mad book, and the Disney and Kremer books are done and will be released eventually. I'm also working on a Warren Kremer article for Alter Ego magazine. Plus, I have begun work on a new book called TV Cartoons That Time Forgot. 
On today's show, we have two previous guests that give us their favorite and least favorite movies by the comedians listed in Leonard Maltin's The Great Movie Comedians. Here they are, Nick Santa Maria and Camden Spees, part two. I will clump these two together because I don't know enough about them. Uh, yeah, I mean, down. I know who they are, but I haven't seen enough of their films. Will Rogers and Joe E. Brown. Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> Joe E. Brown. You should be a uh, <laughs> I know Warner uh, Archives has put out a lot of Joe E. Brown, go. but I just have not bought them. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. No, Joe E. Brown. Uh, okay. Well, let's start with Will Rogers. Will Rogers, uh, one of the most popular uh, people in general in the country during the time of uh, uh the depression um king of media uh actually you want to hear something interesting he had a uh daily column in uh syndicated in most newspapers he, he made a fortune he was he had his hands in every pot um but uh whatchamacallit he, he couldn't always uh do his uh daily column so you know who would supply a lot of the material was maury amsterdam hmm. <laughs> way back when when he was writing jokes for other people uh anyway that's good party material you can use so it's like oh he's so well-rounded um but uh, uh as who work are, with people my age nick i was gonna say as people are going who's more in? but uh uh let's leave this week let's leave this week alone <laughs> king rob i got a great idea um but anyway uh, uh Will Rogers was extremely popular and his movies were extremely popular. He was a huge star and I can't figure it out. I just can't figure it out. Uh, his jokes are great in his radio broadcasts and his writing and all that stuff, but he can't act. Uh, he's The movies are very mild. Uh, the laughs are generally generated by other people around him. Um, I don't know. I guess my favorite is Judge Priest, uh, which has a very funny performance by Stephen Fetchett. I hate to say it, but it really does. Um, as far as bad, I, I, I didn't like Steamboat Round the Bend, which I think was the last movie he filmed before he was killed in that plane crash. But anyway, that's, that's Will Rogers. Um, the other one is Joey Brown. I can't. Joey Brown is, he's just wonderful. Of all the talking comedians uh in the 1930s he could have worked alongside keaton and harold lloyd and chaplin and all those guys he was a great physical comedian um he was extremely popular during the depression uh my dad talked about him with reverence uh in fact he turned me on to joey brown especially the baseball comedies he was he was great with anything athletic that, that's what Joe was into. A uh, good friend of Buster Keaton. They played baseball together all the time. They both could have been pros, actually. That's how good they were. Um, Joey Brown. I love his movies. He makes me hysterical. One Cinecon, the last Cinecon that was live before the pandemic, they showed a very minor Joey Brown movie where he was teamed with uh, Judy Canova, a comedian by the name of Judy Canova. Anyway, it was the hit of the five-day festival we cried we laughed so hard that's what he could do so anyway joey brown my favorite is elmer the great 1932 warner brothers baseball comedy and he is absolutely hilarious uh my least favorite 
this isn't really fair. He made a drama in 1947 <laughs> called The Tender Years. And it was a, kind of a sweet little movie about a, a small town preacher who takes on uh, the battle against animal cruelty, which I think is uh, really noble and everything, but it was a pretty lousy movie. So that's mine. Sorry I talked so much. That's okay. This is my We're thing. Not, I'm not going to say much on this one. Camden, do you have any thoughts? Nope, and I got to go to the bathroom. Okay, that's fine. Uh, we'll talk about oh. your favorite comedian while you're gone. Uh, anyway, no, okay. I'll, I'll keep talking because so Will Rogers, I think I've seen like one or two films mm-hmm. and they didn't impress me much and even my dad says, you know, when I saw him as a kid, he just was like, what's the big deal about this guy? You know, so He's probably a brilliant writer, you know, and, you know, probably like a lot of other writers in that similar to him, other people could perform his stuff better if he wrote for other people or his stuff worked better on the printed page than him trying to act it out or whatever. Possibly. I don't know. I don't know enough about him, but yeah. You also have to know something about Will Rogers is that he was more of a stage performer than he was a movie performer. Yeah. He was big in the Ziegfeld Follies. Joey Brown, the only reason I haven't really delved in further is because, you know, I think I'm tainted by It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, which is really the only thing I've seen him in. And it's like, I go, that's his shtick. He has a big mouth. Okay, I get it. <laughs> that's what you're you know? judging like, Joey Brown on? You should be ashamed of yourself. I, I, You know, and it's like, they never used to play him. And then, you know, when they dump all this junk in Warner Archives, and it's like, it's even worse now because Warner Archives isn't even as good as it was. Mm-hmm. Um they just dumped it in there. They didn't really tell you why you should like this stuff. And well, why would you need that? What? Why would you need that? Well, that's, I don't want to just randomly. Thing. I don't want to just randomly buy a bunch of comedy films of somebody I don't know. I'm not good at testing the waters. They have this thing now. They have this thing now. It's called Google. Well, um, <laughs> well geez. <laughs> I'm exhorted. I'm exhorted. Uh, okay, you Google's free. Podcast. I read about Joe E. Brown on uh, Google, but you know, to buy his movies, that costs money. And I don't want to just watch them on YouTube. You know, they may or may not be on there. And I don't think they are. If Warner Archives is distributed, and I'm sure that they clamp down on that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if there's a way I could like preview a couple of them and just say, oh, these are pretty good. Okay, I think I'll invest in this. You know, that's just kind of the way I am. I mean, I guess yeah. I could just blindly go, okay. But no, okay, which I'm, one? Do you, I'm the which, same way, Mark. I'm which which one way. did you recommend again? Maybe I'll try that one out. The one that El, you think Elmer is the funniest. Great is Elmer my the, favorite. It's very In funny. fact, the great. Wait, wait. Let me talk for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That just gets me nervous. I, I was like, <laughs> um, Elmer the Great uh, would be a great double feature with the movie called Alibi Ike. They're both baseball comedies, and he's just okay. very funny. He's very funny. Uh, in fact, there's a lot of really good Jerry Brown movies. I, I could recommend a lot of them, actually. Okay. So, you know, based on that, maybe you'll give one a chance or something, or you know, maybe look at one on YouTube. They have a bunch of them. Okay. I will take uh, that time. I just want to interrupt real quick. If my chair is squeaking, I apologize. The only the way to fit this chair under, we actually took the handlebars off when I first got it. So it's if been my chair squeaks, me I apologize. I'm not trying to make it squeak. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I thought you had mice. <laughs> no I, I didn't even notice it so. i didn't either actually yeah okay. old man ears no, <laughs> old man ears. no it's, that's okay. a that's a stage phenomenon when you're on stage uh and you bobble a line you kick yourself in the butt for the rest of the week and the bottom line is nobody noticed it but you you know what i'm saying yeah so that was yeah. that's your chair right speaking now. in church at school 
Yeah, I know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh man, I did that badly. They're like, oh, you did good. I'm like, oh yeah, well, thanks. I did badly. They're like, oh wait, no. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, I you saw I flubbed it. <laughs> uh, anyway, so where are we, Mark? Okay, Mark? now the, the, we're getting into the biggies now, and there's a lot, of, <laughs> a lot left. Um, we're over halfway though. The okay. Marx Brothers. Who? Marx Brothers. Oh, oh, yeah, those guys Joe Adamson invented. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Minis boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mini boys. They were only this big. <laughs> They're Marx figures. Huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were part of those uh, TV tiny kids space. That's that's what it is, yeah. They're the the tiny kid, the tiny tune Marx Brothers. They made everybody babies for a while. Did you notice that? <laughs> all the great cartoon characters were suddenly all babies. For some yeah, reason. I don't understand that. Or they gave him a son, which yeah, Mark, yeah. Which go ahead, Mark can go into the Pink Panther and Son phase. Yeah, Popeye <laughs> and Son. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the Marx Brothers. Well, you know, Marx Brothers. What can I say? Uh, uh, they made 13 movies <laughs> and the truth be told they only made about really five good movies in their <laughs> career in their long career again they weren't movie comedians they were stage comedians um but anyway uh my favorite is horse feathers hmm. and my least favorite is go west and that's it plain and simple I, this is one that I'm going to actually say my least favorite too because I have, definitely have one. Uh -oh. Well, now, if we're going to include their solo stuff. Oh, anything, I didn't know that. Anything, if, if anything but Coco Cabana is the least favorite. <laughs> Coco Cabana is also slightly tolerable, but it's still bad. But I mean, it's not even close to Mark Groucho's other movies. Bad. Oh, God. Oh God, girl in every port is like yeah, it's really pulling bad. teeth. But now I have to say, I actually think here's the thing about the March Brothers with me. The March Brothers are the comedians. I think if I showed them, I, here's the thing. <laughs> here's a little story for you. The first time I saw, the second time I saw Duck Soup was the first time everyone else did. I was in middle school and I saw it. For some reason, you know, they were laughing, they were snickering through Chaplin, they were not paying attention. For some reason, Duck Soup. Everyone loved it. In fact, they loved it so much at the end of the semester, they watched it. Everyone watched it again. Whether they ever watched a Mark Trillard movie again, I don't know. Hopefully mm -hmm. they did. Let's just all hope they did. Mm -hmm. But Duck Soup just put the house down. Okay? Yeah. And we're middle schoolers, but, you know, we're middle schoolers in private school, and we're pretty sophisticated kids, right? So we understand everything that's going on. We're laughing our butts off. Now, I think Duck Soup's my favorite, but I also really like Night of the Opera. Mm -hmm. And I also really like Animal Crackers, too. But I would well, say Go it. West could be one of Louis' favorite. The Big Store. I love The Big Store. The Big Store is actually good, but it has some moments that are dull. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a great movie by any stretch. There are certain, you know, it's funny. We talk about I love these discussions because we talk about, oh, this is my favorite. This is better than this one. This is blah, blah, blah. The bottom line is all of this is subjective. Yeah. We all yeah. have our opinions. We all have our the stuff we loved in childhood that we carried over to now. Uh, different reasons we love movies. You didn't like certain movies about modern times because it, you know, it wasn't good 
circumstances to see it. So that's I didn't say dislike modern times. I just said uh, the Chaplin movies I've absolutely seen multiple times to remember. Modern times had a bad first experience. Yes, like, right. What, what you were saying. So that, yeah, it kind of colors yeah. it a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like having a bad experience at a restaurant. You seldom want to go back. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's interesting, but it's all subjective. No one should apologize for what they like or don't like. And nobody's judging you. you know? <laughs> yeah. It may be me a little. But still. Yeah. And me. <laughs> Adam's his book. Joe. Joe's you... one of my best friends. <laughs> Yes. Joe's one of my I best friends. Laps. We all. Now, Mark, it's your turn. Okay. Uh, oh, I will say one more thing about Joe E. Brown, just because I happen to flip to it. Uh, I do like him in Sun Like It Hot. He, and oh, he has a great ending not? line. Yeah. So, okay. But I, I do need to investigate him a little further. So that's what I'll say. Yeah. You, you, it, it, believe me, it'll, it'll enhance your life. <laughs> uh, Marx Brothers. Okay, Marx Brothers was one of these guys, uh, groups that my dad also disliked. But my dad grew up, he was born in 38. He grew up in the 40s. So he's seeing the 40s films first run. Those are only one 40. There's only what? Three 40s films. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Love Happy, Night in Casablanca, Big Store, oh. Go West. Okay. Yeah, well, Go West. Okay. Right. Um, okay, but he's probably referring to the big store in Night Casablanca mainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they did reissue things, but he wasn't too impressed with most of the earlier ones. But he never warmed to them. I don't think he even likes Duck Soup all that much, but it might be a similar thing like Camden with Modern Times circumstances dictated, oh, I don't like this very much and haven't really gone back to it very well, you know, mm-hmm. or had a taint and bad taste in the mouth. Or, whoa, whoa, Captain but, but Video. You know- Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I was slapping my video, but uh, the Marx Brothers were very strong stuff. I mean, they were so distinct and so uh, 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 unique mm-hmm. that I think they do fall into the category of you either you 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 either succumb to their charms or you or you just kind of look at them and go, mm, "This is too crazy." Stan yeah, Laurel, yeah. Stan Laurel hated the Marx Brothers. Yeah, and Oliver Hardy loved them. He and golfed, he loved them. He golfed with Chico Marx too. Yeah, yeah, they were buddies. And they were both gamblers, basically. I think that the Three Stooges, I think a lot of comedians are like that. I think the Three Stooges is like that. Because the thing about Three Stooges, you either like them or you hate them. It's really true. Yeah, yeah, I I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's very many people saying, I kind of like the Three Stooges. It's just not a thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I hear more the woman thing. You yeah, know, women yeah. don't like the Three Stooges as a rule. Although my, my wife likes them, uh, but that's only because they're so sexy. You know? <laughs> All right. Uh, so my dad, uh, I, I'm giving my dad's opinion, but then I'll give my own. Okay. So my dad <laughs> always says my favorite uh, Marx Brothers thing uh, is "You Bet Your Life." He loves Groucho Marx on that. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's really what he liked. My and parents too. So he never went back to really investigate the older films. And I told him, you know, uh, you know, I actually think you need to watch these over. He's like, nah. So big deal, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I've seen all of them multiple times. I would say probably Duck Soup is still my favorite, but you know, I like Horse Feathers. I like all the original five Paramount ones. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, as. I, there's always at least one or two really good scenes in every one of their movies. Um, mm-hmm. If I have a least favorite, um, 
it wouldn't be Story of Mankind because I actually like that as a film. It's not a good Marx Brothers film, but I actually like that as a film. So wow, you're the one. I'm just yeah. weird that way. But um, I, I didn't know we were including that one. Well, oh, I am just for the sake of argument. But, uh, you know, if, if I had... Uh, my least favorite one just and i'm not gonna apologize for it so there you told me not to uh night in casablanca i don't know i think it had a lot of it has to do with harpo's wig you know <laughs> you have the weirdest things uh, i swear it's no like, but i i don't know i just don't find it very funny i don't know what oh, it okay. is and some people think it's like it's the only later one that's any good you know it's like mm-hmm. hey, whatever yeah. um and i actually like love happy a lot you know it's I like like, love it, happy too. and i think we discussed it last time it's a great film if you like harpo it's a horrible film if you like groucho if, if right. you're looking for a good groucho film don't watch love happy <laughs> right know? exactly so exactly it really boils down although i that. think it's better than his solo yeah uh but uh which one called we were talking about the 40s films yeah night in casablanca i think it has a couple of problems i, I think it is the best later material they had mm-hmm. but the pacing is just deadly slow the score which is really important the musical score is it, it comes out of like warner brothers wartime drama uh it kind of kills some of the comedy uh but i will say that it is i think the best material they had since maybe uh oh, a day at the races which is not one of my favorites but but by um when you say that um when you say the later films i've heard multiple things for the march for those later films some people say that later films are everything post zeppo yeah oh i'm talking about after to me the later films are post a day at the races yeah Uh, yeah so like a night of the yeah (laughs) right right mark yeah uh yeah post albert yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and again, I, I like At the Circus. I like it better than Go West, certainly. Yeah. And yeah. the Big Store is one I go back to. In fact, the Big Store is my second favorite of the MGMs after A Night at the Opera. I, a Day at the Races has some wonderful scenes, but it's just such a bloated, long. Uh, <laughs> it does seem long. I would agree with kind that. Of movie. Yeah, what'd you say, Captain? It does seem long, and it seems. Part of this is why it seems kind of, it also seems kind of like an odd movie. And not like, not all their movies are odd, but I mean like, as in like, Groucho's in a sanatorium and it almost seems too dramatic for a Marx Brothers film, as in like, they have to get this sanatorium back. <laughs> and he's just a little bit, it's just a little bit like, you know, you almost lose the plot at one point. Well, it's, it's just a rambling. It's a rambling yeah. movie. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's definitely it's their longest film, that's for yeah. sure, and it seems that way. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is their longest film, but there are some wonderful scenes. I really mm-hmm. like the examination scene. I like the Can't You Florida Call Mr. Whitmore mm-hmm. is one of the funniest things Groucho ever did. Uh, I love him being interviewed by the doctors when he first gets to the sanitarium. You know, uh, there's some really great stuff, but it's just as a movie, you know, just cut out the scenes. Lay it out for me, and I'll watch that. I don't have to watch, you know. Well, we're going to lose the sanitarium, you know. Yeah. Hey, we got to help Miss Judy. No, you don't. No, you don't. Send it on. Send it on Nick fire. Do the whole film. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, do the whole film. Recite the whole. Pre- film. Pretend we're at Paramount. Set set the building on fire. You know, blow it up. <laughs> That's what we want. <laughs> anyway, where are we now? 
I will clump the next two together because one is here we go. I would prefer to talk at length about the other. I don't know because okay, all right. Uh, and they did one film together, so that's good pairing. Uh, mm. WC Fields and May West. Oh, okay, God, legends. Um, WC Fields probably the funniest talking comedian ever, and I'm talking about now than ever. <laughs> he uh, looks like Mr. Churchill. And he looks exactly like Winston Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, I honestly feel that about WC Fields, the funniest man maybe who ever lived. Uh, his films crack me up like no other films. He's he's like the George Carlin of classic comedians because he tells the truth. Uh, and that's why his movies are so great. Um, as far as favorites, uh, my favorite... I think would be, oh, it's a gift. Although there are others. His early paramounts are just gold. Uh, and uh, also the bank dick at, at Universal is just gold. Uh, my least favorite W.C. Fields film? Mm, that's hard because there, there are many. But I would say that uh, I think... Um, of his starring films, the films where he gets first billing, I would say the big broadcast of 1938, his last yeah. Paramount film, is really hard to get through. His stuff is funny, but it's really hard to go through. Bob Hope's first movie, by the way. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my WC Fields. Mae West, uh, yeah, Mae West was a remarkable woman, remarkable, and I'm surprised there's not like a statue uh, in like Broadway for her. Um, uh, highest paid woman, highest paid person in America for a while. Uh, one in a man's world until they brought her down, censorship brought her down. Uh, her movies, I don't really find hysterically funny. I, I rarely laugh out loud at them, but you have to kind of like admire her cleverness. Um, she did do a lot of writing on her films. Um, but uh, I would say my favorite is, uh, there's two, there's two. Uh, one is called, his, is her very first film. And she wasn't the star, but she steals it. It's called Night After Night. And the second one, my favorite is the very next one. It's called She Done Him Wrong. Those are my two favorites. My least favorite, I suppose, would be like Myra Breckenridge, you know, <laughs> later on, you know. Uh, of her classic films, it's definitely The Heat's On, uh, her final film in the uh, golden age, you know, mm -hmm. uh, a really bad B Columbia film from like 1943, you know, not, not good at all, really tired. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that's my Mae West WC films. Am I going next, I guess? Yes. Um, well, I don't have a favorite WC Fields films or Mae West or Mae West because I've never been a huge major Mae West fan, so I don't feel inclined to answer this one, that mm -hmm. one. But W.C. Fields, I really like W.C. Fields, but I am going to tell you a film that I know a lot of people don't like, but I kind of do. I know a lot of people don't like his films with Charlie McCarthy. Oh, you can't cheat an honest man. Yeah, I kind of like it. I think it's, it's kind of fun. Funny. Yeah, it's, it's fun. fun. I mean, it's mm -hmm. not, it's not, it's not, it's not even close to being as good as, as some of his best, but yeah. it's still fun. It's still a fun movie. When I, I walked into it from, because it was kind of like, Kind of like what Mark said about an earlier film. You walk into it because someone said so much bad things about it, but you kind of want to watch it anyways. Yeah. So you mm -hmm. went into it badly, but I liked it. I didn't hate it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's got its it's got its points. It's got its good points. Um, I have a great experience seeing that film on the big screen at UCLA, uh, in tandem with the release of James Curtis's great book about W.C. Fields. Uh, they had a festival of his films, and it just so happens that I was sitting uh, in front of John Cleese. Uh, who was introducing You Can't Cheat an Honest Man. And it was one of his favorites. He talked about how it was one of his favorites because his character in that movie is irredeemable. He's, he played the con man in other movies, but he always had a lovability about him. You know, there was always something that uh, gave you some sympathy towards him. Nothing here. He is just a rogue from beginning to end. And that's what, that's what Cleese liked most of all. Uh, I find that Bergen stuff is fun, but more cute than mm -hmm. ha, you know, and you keep waiting for Fields to come back. And I'm a big Bergen and McCarthy fan, but their radio work was better. I thought. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So uh, what, uh, what about you, Mr. Marco? Um, I'll kind of separate this out. Uh, favorite short. We didn't He only did six of WC Fields is uh, fatal glass of beer. Yeah. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful. I, you know, I still say, yeah, I can't even say for man or beast, and then you know, <laughs> still cracks me up every time. You know, it's like I've seen it. Um, it's a gift is a good one. Um, I saw that one in the Stanford Theater, so I had to go see it. I think they paired it with one of the Marx Brothers films. I can't remember which one it was. Oh, it's Night at the Opera. Mm -hmm. um so i finally saw those on the big screen about seven eight years ago and i really wanted to see it's a gift because i wanted to see how it played with an audience and also you know stanford theater i don't know if you've been to it it's in northern california it's mm -hmm. uh, run by david packard who is the heir to okay. the hewlett packard people um and uh i think they're still under renovation now because they closed for covid and they decided to renovate the whole theater but it's a classic mm -hmm. movie theater it's been around since the 20s the 1920. Anyway, but it's a gift played wonderfully and it was fun to hear kids laughing in the audience because I was wondering, will kids get this, you know, and it's like, and they did. That's you know? and it's like, That's especially the Mr. Muckle scene, things like that. Oh. Um, Brilliant stuff. I jump around on who's my my favorite. When I was a kid, I loved the Alice in Wonderland, even though it creeped me out because I just loved W.C. Fields' Humpty Dumpty. But um, mm -hmm. as time went on, it was just, it's a gift. But in film school, and this I have a soft spot for, again, how you see things, you know, and mm -hmm. it's still one of my favorites, if not my favorite, is Million Dollar Legs. Mm -hmm. And it's odd that they showed that one in film school because it's not commonly available. They don't show it very much. In fact, I think they don't show a, any W.C. Fields. A, I think there's a Betty Grable film that is more known, you know, with the same title. You know? So yeah. it's like, it's mm -hmm. kind of odd, you know, but it's like, I love that film and it is available on DVD. So it's not impossible. It's just, yeah, not, Have one, you seen it's not part of the big sets, you know, or anything like that. It's just a standalone. Oh, I, I have it. I yeah. have it in my yeah. set. Yeah. Uh, but they no, don't I put it. Oh, it's, it's in the a, DVD set. It is not in yeah. the ones that came out with the big hard, Slipcases? No, it's a standalone one. Trust me. Oh no, no, this is a standalone one, and it has the most WC Fields you'll ever see, including Million Dollar Legs. And is it more than the the one that had like five films or something like that? 
then they might put it like, in that. I'm talking about the set where they had the red set and the blue set. Yeah, I have those yeah. too. But I'm yeah, talking that's about that's most, what I'm talking about. That's what I most have. Recent, uh, hold on. I'm gonna show you. All right, okay. show me. Show me. Yeah. Go ahead. Talk amongst yourself. I got a tiny man thing real quick. So okay. while we're waiting for him, they only show three. This is sad. They only show three silent films in film classes today. Hmm. The general, a Chaplin film, any Chaplin film, uh-huh. and and um, Birth of a Nation, which again, I've said this before many times everywhere. Birth of a Nation is just a dull film. It's yeah, yeah. Horrible. I mean, there's isolated sequences that are okay, but yeah, it's very it's long, very draggy. Film. And... It's a horrifying film that I don't understand the likability of. Well, now it's just because it exists, I think, more than it being really revered as being a good film you know it's like it's it it's any film that's over 100 years old is kind of like wow it's amazing it's still around you know but it's no, like no i yeah, think now it's it's, it's, pain, it's painful it's pretty painful yeah you know? but uh but i did see it in film class when i took film class and that was in the late 80s when i was doing film school i saw we we they didn't make us even watch the whole thing they said this is just too gruesome that oh <laughs> No, they, they, they should made us watch parts of it. They say, "You want us to turn it off now?" We're like, "Yes." He says, "Good." Oh yeah, no, they showed the whole thing, but they showed it in two. I'll be right two back, guys. All right, they showed it in two class sessions because a, uh, it's so long, and the class the class is three hours long, but the teacher had to have time to talk too. Right. So, so you know, they showed like I don't know how long the film is. It's it's almost three hours long as it is. It's like I think they showed like. For half of it the first week and then you know second half the second week i don't know but you know um the the scenes i hate to say that i like best are the ones that you're not supposed to like <laughs> meaning you know where uh the black people take over congress and they're taking off their shoes and they're putting you know i thought that was kind of funny uh i understood it was offensive even then you know but it's like um and it is more doubly more offensive now but it actually made me chuckle a bit just because of the audacity of how you know they thought that that was a bad thing you know it's like i wonder what dw griffith would think about our current vice president considering all that you know things right. like that you know but uh, you know oh no they're taking over you know and it's like oh geez you know but you know i could see what he was driving at and it made me right. chuckle on that but it wasn't meaning uh, i was suddenly- we watched the part that we watched we had to watch the clansman to the rescue part yeah and i'm like oh my god that's pretty painful. <laughs> That's like, more straightforward. Well, like, At least the I'm part like, I'm talking. You know, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting next to a black student too. Oh, I'm like sitting next to like one of my friends, right? Did you just say I apologize? I'm sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't, what am I to apologize for? It was made before I was born. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This was made. I'm sorry. It still exists. <laughs> no, but like, but like. And but all she all she said to me back oh, was just like, like damn it. <laughs> Nick can't find it. <laughs> He's searching forever for that WC Fields film. Anyway, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, Birth of a Nation is kind of an interesting thing. Yeah, but it is too far too long. There's nothing. Uh, I can look it up on uh the internet on google no i can look it up on uh, amazon if uh, there's if you don't have a copy of yeah yeah just know it's the latest okay. it's the latest collection okay i don't have the latest the most... version i have the red edition and the blue edition that came out about 15. right yeah. yeah and it wasn't on there it kind of annoyed me at the time but i know right. there's 
I think I did see a more recent set that has like Miss Wiggins of the Cabbage Patch. It has everything. So, yeah, so it's the okay. most complete. It's yeah, the most I don't have that collection. one either because it's not on that set either. We were, I, we were talking, Nick. We're, we're talking WCP. I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. okay, guys, guys, guys. Please, let's listen to each other, okay? Honestly, this is uh, I get I get a headache. Sorry. So yeah, what? Yeah, I'm sorry. About, I was talking about the three films that we show and I show they show in film classes that are sound. No, they only show three. Mm -hmm. Okay. A Chaplin film, anyone. Yeah. The general, uh -huh. and then they yeah. show part of a birth of a nation. They don't right. show the whole thing just for the pure fact that it's birth of a nation. Do they show then, after? Do they show after birth of a nation? I'm sorry, it's terrible. <laughs> um, the reason they show birth of a nation, and I'm sure you know this. Yeah. Uh, it was a groundbreaking film when it right. was released. It was groundbreaking, and uh, a lot of modern day filmmakers still look at it as a an amazing. Uh, accomplishment, especially for the time. No. Uh, it, it's it's outrageous in its racist overtones. Of course, it was made by a, a, a kid who grew up in the South with a father who told him stories of his Civil War experiences. Right. Uh, so he came with that information, but that never bothered me. That never bothered me. That's it all. It bothered me that the film, the scene that they would show is the the Klansman to the rescue scene. Yeah, which is a beautifully cut scene. It, it was groundbreaking. But you have to understand. If you're watching it, it, particularly if you're watching it in between two black students. Yeah. Oh no, it's got to be terrible. It really does. I think everybody needs to grow up a little bit. I'm sorry. Yeah. This was a film that was a considered uh, one of the greatest films ever made for many, many years, and uh, it's shown for a reason in film courses because oh. it really is a beautifully made film. I can watch uh, the Gone with the Wind or anything like that without hesitation. Uh -oh. It's first of a nation that drives me that 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 makes me not like I hate it, like you know, I don't think like you know, one person in my class is something like maybe we should just not pay attention to these films. Like, no. And I would just say no. And I think I even interrupted the class. But I'm like, no, but she's right that you really shouldn't praise the film as some beautiful work of art if it's not it's not that it's not but you really shouldn't praise the film for its storyline or something like that because you know for its content yeah for its content yeah, for its now birth of a nation which you cannot deny about birth of a nation it did a lot of technical innovations and all that that were important but you also can't say that the storyline is justifiable well i don't know if justifiable is the word but uh i i would say that um it's shocking. It's yeah, a shocking yeah. film. Uh, but to be honest with you, I'm a big boy. Uh, I know where the film comes from. I know yeah. what he was trying to accomplish. And if everybody just kind of looked at history that way, rather than the way a lot of your generation, no offense, but a lot of your generation is looking at things, you're trying to whitewash, pardon the expression, but you're trying to whitewash everything that happened that maybe was unpleasant. Mm -hmm. I got news for you. Ninety-five percent of history is unpleasant. And yeah, I live in I live in Birmingham, Alabama. Trust me. Oh I boy. Oh boy. <laughs> I didn't notice a banjo on your name. <laughs> I was avoiding banjo <laughs> so much. I. I, I, I... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's move on. Let's move on. This All right. Uh, did I say anything? Oh, I didn't say anything about May West, and then we no. can continue. Okay. So. 
Uh, I'll agree with you on Breckenridge. Sex Ted, I actually kind of like if we're talking about. I do too. (laughs) It's a a guilty pleasure. Uh, There we go. And you said guilty pleasure. But anyway, um, probably Chickadee is my favorite film with her. Um, If it's it's My Little Chickadee. Chickadee. Uh Yeah. And I think it has more to do with her interplay with W.C. Fields. Mm -hmm. I do like the ones she did with um, uh, Curry Grant too. Yeah. Those two are two of her best. Yeah. definitely. All right. Uh, next on the agenda, and we've mentioned them already, the Six Stooges. <laughs> I love that. Um, I think we talked about it in the last show, how I feel about the Stooges. Uh, I think they're very talented, blue-collar comedians, very cartoony, very um, very little substance. In fact, <laughs> no substance. Um I think that the fact that they are the only classic uh, team from the classic era uh, that's well-remembered is a travesty and a pure example of the dumbing down of our society. Uh, There's just no two ways about it. I'm sorry. Uh, We have, uh, our country has the uh, level of class that I rate with, you know, people in the worst neighborhoods of Birmingham, Alabama, and that kind of thing. We're one of the dumbest countries in the world. We really are. America has some of the smartest people. America has some of the smartest people in the dumbest country. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Boy, I always tell people, you know, it's like, you know, there's a lot of people in between LA and New York. There's a lot of stuff going on. That you people yeah. on the ends that aren't considering, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember why we're talking about this. About no, the, we're oh, the about the I want to talk about my favorite <laughs> Okay. All right. So you want to go first? Yeah, no, you can go first. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I feel like um, uh, the Stooges had so much material, it's, it's really difficult to pick. Uh, I think that 80% of it sucks. Um, I think 20% of it is really, really good. Uh, I think very, very little of it is great. Um, my favorite stooge is one of the shorts. And I guess that would be, yes, we have no bonanza. I think Curly is completely out of control. Uh, I also like, um, um, oh, what's the one where Curly thinks he's a dog or pretends to be a dog? Uh, oh, I forget. Anyway, um, but I'm also so sick of curly howard i can't watch him anymore i've I've tried i really have i've tried i've od'd on him to the point where it's like it really is a a chore for me to watch i have more fun watching shem and joe dorita and joe besser than i do curly because i burnt out so badly Mm. i think the stooges are are like i say they're a good uh you know almost like a kid's act you know, a very entertaining kids act, you know, that really shouldn't be discussed in the same light with Chaplin and Keaton and the Marx Brothers and their betters. That's how I feel. All right. So that, those are good uh, stooge picks. My least favorite, I think. It's weird. Um, it's probably one of those later shumps, like when they eat the cake and turn into a gorilla or whatever one of those things you know what there's too many there's too many you know when the stooges were great they were great when they were bad they sucked 
and they're extremely <laughs> overrated. That's how I feel. Talented comics, nothing more. Well, Mark and I are going to, I'm sure Mark is going to say something different too. <laughs> but um, I really like the Stooges. I do um, too. The Stooges are what brought me into Laurel and Hardy and Abigail Stello and various other comedians. Um, Brightless Groom is probably my favorite. Shemp is, I, I'm one of the people who also like Shemp better than Curly. Okay. I also, just like everyone else, though, I remember growing up watching the Curly things. I'm like, you know what? Shemp is better. Shemp is just a better, funnier guy. Curly is, is my second favorite. He's more human. Curly is he's my second human. favorite stooge, but Shemp just seemed to have more. This might sound weird, but pizzazz to him a little bit. Like he was always, it almost seemed a little bit hipper. Mm-hmm. Always, he was yeah. like, he was just the better shoot. No, I think that I disagree. I think that Curly is my second favorite. My last favorite are Besser and Dorita. <laughs> Dorita, maybe the Besser is maybe the last. Besser. Um, but I kind of like, and I also kind of agree though, between the four, we're also ranking the four suits that were changed. My favorite suit in general would be Larry Fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, funny about Larry Fine. I was watching, I was watching the Stooges the other day and I was watching and I was looking at Larry and I was thinking that a lot of people share that opinion. Uh, and for a while I did too. It's like Larry was my favorite. Right. Larry was the, was the, you know, the pivot guy. He could work with either one of them and blah, blah, blah. And yes, he's very good at that. But to call Larry Fine a talented comedian is really <laughs> stretching it. I mean, he, he was very capable uh, he's funny. Um, he's funny almost in spite of himself. Sometimes, you know, sometimes he's. It's like he's not even paying attention, you know, to what's going on around him. Uh, but he's definitely, definitely my second favorite stooge, without a doubt. Now, I also have to say my least favorite. My least favorite would be those awful those last features they did. Mm-hmm. That kind of just be Hercules. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> I honestly, I know a lot of people like them. I honestly don't like the Three Stooges cartoons. I just don't. Oh, they're awful. Yeah. <laughs> they're awful. Like the Abbott and Costello cartoons or the Laurel and Hardy yeah. cartoons. Yeah. Yes. Thank <clears throat> they just were really, really, really bad. And I just remember, and I remember reading something like, you know, somebody, somebody in somewhere, maybe it was cartoon research said something about them. They like them. I'm like, why? They're really, they're really bad. I'm just like, <laughs> and at the time, I was probably a Curly fan, but I'm like, you know, still, they're just really awful. Well, they were made for kids. They were yeah. made for they were made for the matinee crowd, basically. Yeah. The Stooges yeah. became a kid act. Yeah, know, that's that's the, the I think Stooges became what the Woody Woodpecker cartoons became. Yeah. You, you can say the same thing about a lot of cartoon studios, but mainly Walter Lance and stuff. It became just let's turn these out quickly. Put them mm-hmm. in a matinee on Saturdays. The yeah. art, the art to them was lost. I think after that last, those last few Shemp shorts. So after those, those after like I would say it, towards the last few Shemp shorts, it just the art to them was kind of lost. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's interesting. Uh, I, I think that uh, the the Stooges' career at Columbia from '34 to you know '58 or whatever yeah. it was. Um, it could be broken down into segments. You right. had the early, 
the thirties ones with Pearlie where everybody was working on all jets and, you know, they were just like crazy. It was wild. Uh, then th their actual best uh, period came and that was from like 38 to 40 when pre-stroke Curly. Um, they're, they're the shorts that they made during that period, honest to God, they were the, they were the best. Uh, and they had Curly in them. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you had the obvious things. You had the Curly Shemp, you had the Curly Stroke shorts where he wasn't himself and it was difficult to watch. Then you had Shemp's early ones where he was really gung-ho. And then Shemp started having little strokes and you see him start to slow down. And we actually see Shemp start to die a little bit towards mm -hmm. the end. And then of course we have Joe Palma, who is probably my favorite stooge as the fake Shemp. Uh, <laughs> but um, and then you have your Joe Besser and your Joe DeRita and their feature films and all that stuff so you have all those different segments but I have to say their best shorts were made during that period in the late 30s early 40s and um, I think there were shorts I should I take it back it's the curly stroke ones I just they're so difficult to watch oh no look you know that's what it sounds like and, you know, and from what you, <laughs> and by all accounts, you know, that would be like the 40th take, you know, so that would be a little earlier, different. Larry, there. Wow, you're giving me a stroke, too. Um, how many strokes can Mo give his brothers? Let's take, let's count. Um, but anyway, so that's yeah, that, I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't need to jump on your. Your thing, Captain. But are are you through? Is Marco? Yes, I Marco am. That? Okay. Me. Okay, I agree with uh, Camden. Uh, Debbie, Reynolds. It, Debbie Reynolds is my favorite stooge. <laughs> Mine too. Uh, That's so funny. Of the ten of the ten stooges, Emil Sitka is right up there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love the Blazing Stewardesses. Is my favorite. My favorite. Film. My favorite. <laughs> anyway, and I've got it on okay. DVD. <laughs> Um, let's see. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, Brideless Groom is my favorite Stooges. That's so funny. The two of you yeah, have the same. Yeah. That's the yeah. It's and it took show. me years to figure that one out because I mean I used to like the ones like Hoi Polloi and things like that. But over time, I said, you know, this one's dang funny. And I this, you know, even just for the sequence where she goes, Cousin Basil, oh, <laughs> and he goes, Cousin let Basil. me look at you, and, yeah. and she goes. Uh, hold on and she goes hello, hello. And, and she goes you're not my cousin my love you know all that stuff it's like that just little sequence there yeah you know you could chop off that. the rest of the film and it's like that's like prime comedy right there yeah and it and doesn't even involve the other stuff. stooges really except for them going listen to those kisses or something like that but yeah yeah anyway. and um, then mo kisses larry I do, I do have a soft spot for some of the curly Joe ones, to be honest. And I actually, of the later I ones, did. I like uh, "Around the World in Days." That's my favorite. Yeah, because mm -hmm. it has a solid story. Of course, it's based on Jules Verne, so you know. But I mean, it's a solid. There's story. some funny it's stuff. It's a solid a script, stuff. I'll say. You know, yeah. and it, and you can enjoy it on a different level. That it's a, just a decent film with some people bumbling around, going around the world. You know, and it's like you mm -hmm. don't have to think about the Three Stooges. You could even think that they were playing a different role and just happened to be the guys that happened to be the Three Stooges, mm. um, because you know, it, it's like it's it's not hysterically funny in the traditional sense there's not a lot of violence in it in the traditional sense of three stooges but it 
it moves you know sometimes like like snow white and the three stooges which is probably one of the, mm. it's nice because it's in color but it mm. grinds to a halt so many times and you're like you know but cook's tour is probably the worst but it's just because they oh, yeah. that's didn't fascinating it and stuff like that and it's like, hey, it is yeah. fascinating though yeah yeah but um so and i'm a diehard stooges fan i do think that they deserve respect but yeah i agree with you a lot of other comedians deserve more respect but yeah um okay we are near the end of the rope here but we got one two three four five six um okay i don't know how long you want to go you know well let's 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 let's, i'll tell you what let's do the speed round okay so next one is bob hope bob hope bob hope bob hope my favorite uh solo comedian of the 40s and 50s uh, probably the best comic talent working at that point, other than uh, Abbott and Costello. Uh, Bob Hope, my favorite Bob Hope movie, I would say, is uh, Son of Paleface. Um, and my least favorite Bob Hope movie is I'll Take Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> I would say my favorite Bob Hope film is also Son of Paleface, or it's Road to Belly with Bing Crosby. Mm-hmm. But I would say my least favorite, it's not one of his movies, I would say a lot of his TV work is awful. But films? Yeah, films, I would agree with you. Okay, all right. How about you, Marco the Magnificent? Um, I love Son of a <laughs> Face a lot. Um, Road to Utopia. I love one. Road to Utopia. It's my um, favorite road. Uh, there's a lot of bad ones after uh, Bo James, uh, but uh, probably the worst is probably the Private Navy of Sergeant O'Farrell, and I like <laughs> Frank Tashlin. Wow, <laughs> Frank uh, Tashlin though, when he was bad, he was bad. Or, or maybe cancel my reservation. It's it's it's, it's yeah. awful there, but you know, those, those are some when, good when, choices. When Bob Hope was good, he was really good, you know. And but I Bob didn't Hope know that for the longest time. time because when I was a kid, he was doing all those TV specials where he's just reading off the cue cards. Yeah. And I go, and I used to ask my dad, "Is this guy? Was this guy ever funny?" And he goes, oh, well, he used God. to be. Yeah, he used to be, but they didn't show his film." And slowly over time, I saw him, and then I grew to like mm-hmm. him. But anyway, yeah. But just real quick, real quick. Uh, uh, during that TV time when he wasn't funny on a regular basis, <laughs> he wasn't. I saw him live. I was even on stage with him. Uh, he was hilarious. He was hilarious when he got away from the cue cards and and the restrictions of the TV stuff. He was hilarious. Mm-hmm. So that's your answer. I unfortunately met him when he was like 98 and he was out. Oh, of it. God. Yeah. You know, so the eyes. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh, your favorite, Nick? Uh, uh, Adam Sandler. No. <laughs> Abbott and oh. Costello. <laughs> oh, boy. My boys. Uh, Abbott and Costello. Okay. The funniest comedy team, I think. Um, Abbott and Costello, my favorite would be Abbott and Costello be Frankenstein. My least favorite is Africa Screams. Mm. Very thrown together mess of a movie that I just I I I don't think it's one of their better ones. You really don't like Stooges, do you? <laughs> yeah, they wasted but two Stooges. They wasted it. They, they right. gave them five minutes each to do stuff, and that was it. <laughs> and the movie explained the movie to me. It's like what? Huh? No, 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 no. Their least. Uh, good script, I should say. Their their worst script. It, it's just like nonsense. But anyway, uh, but Abbott Costello, me Frankenstein, the best horror comedy ever made. 
and I, one of the best comedies ever made, as far as I'm concerned. I have two favorites, but I really love Abbott and Costello. I would say, I would say, it would depend on, pick me on the right day, I would say Abbott and Costello are my favorite comedy team. Pick me on the right day. Yeah. LeBron, yeah. On a different day, it could be Laurel and Hardy or the Three Stooges. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't put the Stooges in the same sentence. I'm yeah. sorry. But pick me on the right day. Actually, it would probably just be Laurel and Hardy or the Three Stooges. There were comedy teams. There are other mm-hmm. comedians I like just as well or might be better. Mm-hmm. But now Laurel and Hardy, Laurel and Hardy, um, not Laurel and Hardy, Evan and Costello, I think I have two favorite films. Okay. Alexa, stop. Um, so two favorite. I would say Who Done It. A great film. And I would also say I'm going to sell me Frankenstein, but I just love Who Done It. Just the idea of having it set in a radio play. Just really, really loved it. Now, my least favorite film, I would say their last one together was pretty bomber. But the real one I think is those two films where they weren't speaking to each other. Like every scene was almost like the two films that was like um, Little Giant and The Time of Their Lives. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw those hard to watch. And also because I read about that beforehand while we're watching it for the first time. And I'm like, you know what? This is just almost petty. I almost thought it was kind of petty. Well, can I can I just correct you? Yeah. Um, they were speaking and they were friendly during those films. Those films were planned uh, a couple of years before right. when they when they did have a roof yeah. uh, and didn't speak to each other for almost a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that passed. When that was over, it was over. And they were friendly. You, the, the key is the outtakes. The outtakes are available on, online. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're having fun during Little Giant and Time of Their Lives. Right. Also, uh, you see the tension during It Ain't A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another one. That yeah. For. But that one, that one you, you see during the outtakes, you see definite tension and anger. So I, I think, think that, that, was, that was the movie. I think that you're coming around the mountain is also not their best film. Yeah, I, agree. I think that that whole plot of, you know, you're going to marry my daughter. Mm-hmm. I think has just been milked too much in movies. Yeah. So I think yeah. I had seen that a hundred times in movies before to where I'm like, you know what, this has been built so much. It's almost like, you know, it's been used. I don't know, probably 110 times in the Andy Grover show. It had been used. A hundred times in other movies, movie serials, everything. So I'm like, you know what? This is this is just not a fun movie premise anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like you know, yeah. too much, too far. Yeah, yeah. It's like my boss is coming home for dinner, but stranger. Uh huh. <laughs> it's like imitation of wife. Uh, Biffle and Schuster. Mark. Uh, so how about you? Well, um... How about you with Bud and Lou? <laughs> I mentioned it on the other episode, but of course I'll repeat it here. You know, it's like I love Little Giant; it's my favorite, and I, I think it's because I did sales for so many years, and that's why I love it. I didn't really care, or not care is not the right word. Didn't really notice that they weren't were working together because there's a lot of Abbott and Costello things, and you mentioned it on the, that show, like on the Colgate shows, yeah. where. Costello but, does things completely by himself. It's like uh, Abbott would say, "Yo, Lou, go do this," and he'll leave yeah. and not come till back to the end of the skit. You know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and find you a job. And he yeah, walks exactly. Off. Yeah. You know, and they do that on the TV ser- series sometimes, and, you and know, in the movies. 
Yeah. And so I, I didn't see that as a problem. I, and I love Margaret Dumont. She's the only person, and I said this on that show, is, has worked with virtually every other comedian Everybody. we talked about tonight. Um, and she's just incredible. And it, it, and I just love that film. Um, other ones that are good, I love Frankenstein. I love uh, the Mummy one. Uh, the the one I used to see, and I didn't say this on the other episode, that I used to see as a kid, and it tainted me for the longest time at Abbott Costello, is Abbott Costello go to Mars, because it seemed like that was the only one they ever played. And I said, these aren't guys aren't very good. So as a kid, I saw that cartoon, that movie and the cartoon series, and that was my exposure. That was that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And, <laughs> and, Jack and, and, and occasionally Jack and the Beanstalk, you know, it was right. like, and that was it. I'm looking forward to the restoration. The restoration um but um as far as other they have a lot of good ones i like buck privates go home mm-hmm. um i would say of their least um probably the two mgm ones yeah and, three. um and i have this oh they did three for mgm okay well the two that are on that double disc <laughs> together. right uh, hollywood and uh yeah, Lost in the yeah i just yeah i just thought wow this is a waste but i need my set complete so <laughs> Yeah, but I, I, I've learned this, and you can tell me, Nick, as a comedic historian, whatever, how many comedians did MGM ruin careers of? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, really, it's like, you know, I would say some of Laurel and Hardy's worst films were at MGM. Uh, mm-hmm. it, we've talked about Buster Keaton losing it at MGM, and it's uh, the Marx Brothers worse at MGM. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, what was it you know i guess it was the prestige of being a big major studio but it's like they didn't know comedy at all and they all should have stayed at paramount or another yeah, smaller know, studio columbia or whatever that knew comedy the, the, yeah. the thing is uh, mgm was was the most prestigious studio in hollywood and they knew nothing about low comedy we're talking about low comedy here we're not talking about sophisticated comedy which they were very good at yeah, uh, yeah. William Powell and William and Myrna Loy, yeah, you know, those comedies, and I love those. Yeah. Me too, sophisticated screwball comedies. But when it came to down and dirty, you know, falling in the mud, pie in the face, you know, fun, they didn't have a clue. You know, even when they hired good people, they would get in the way. You know, We're, we need seventeen more people to rewrite the script. That was that's what did MGM movies in. That's what did the comedians in. Too many fingers in the pie. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red Skelton was there for 15 years and never made one classic film, not one. Uh, you know, it's just MGM, the comedy killers. <laughs> He's actually next on the list if you want to continue with old Red. Oh, Red? Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. So good films, bad films. <laughs> Red, 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 Red Skelton made some good films, definitely. He, he made very few great ones. He made like two. Uh, and I think, uh, whatchamacallit, the um, uh, Fuller Brushman is one of the great ones. And uh, I'm very partial to uh, um, his whistling series, mm-hmm. Whistling in the Dark, you know, Whistling in Brooklyn and Whistling in Dixie. Those are fun, very Bob Hope-like comedies. So as far as favorites, I would say it's, it's um, uh, definitely, um, whatchamacallit, uh, what's the one I just mentioned? Oh, uh, the uh, uh, Fuller Brush Man is my favorite. Uh, but I also have a soft spot for the Whistling series. His worst film, um, there's one called Excuse My Dust. <laughs> and it is just horrible. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those MGM horrible 
how yeah. did they come up with this? Who sold this movie? I wish I were in on the pitch meeting, you know, because I I wouldn't believe it. Um, anyway, it's it's a terrible Technicolor MGM mess of a movie. How about you, Cameron? I've only seen one. You've only seen one. The only uh, Red Skelton film I've ever seen. So I guess that's my favorite and my least favorite. <laughs> Which, Which one, one is it? Full of Rush Band. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it's a good. Well, if you're gonna see one, that's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one, definitely. I, th- I haven't seen too many of his films either. I've seen the Whistling ones; those are good. Um, yeah, those it seems are like I liked I Dude It. You know, it seems like I like that one, but it's been that's fun. That's a remake of a Keaton. That's, that's okay. A that might be why. It, did he Merritt. remake a couple Keaton ones over he the did. years? Yeah, yeah. And, Keaton worked with them. Okay, that's why I thought yeah. closely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's about it. But you mentioned him, so I figured we'll just keep going. So we got three left. Okay. Uh, so next, this is this guy polarizes people. Actually, all three polarize people. So we'll see okay. how these go. Okay, Danny Kay. Oh, good, Danny Kay. Danny Kay, one of the great entertainers of all time, one of the most talented people on earth. Uh, his movies are not the greatest. Uh, they tend to uh, date quite a bit, and he. Uh, his specialties have not aged well. Uh, his comedy songs, his little giggle songs that he, he would do, um, don't age well. But he made some really funny movies. And I mean, and I mean, like two or three. Uh, the first one was called Wonder Man, where he plays a dual role, and he's absolutely brilliant. Uh, the other one I would say is The Court Jester, which is uh, along with Son of Paleface maybe the two funniest movies made during the 1950s. Um, so yeah, and, and the worst, um, oh God, Danny Kay made some, a couple of stinkers. I think uh, A Song is Born is my least oh. favorite. It's a remake of Ball of Fire and it just pales horribly by comparison. Okay, that's my Danny Kay. Hit me. Okay. What? Skip oh, him. Skip, skip him. Okay. Yeah. Now, if I was Camden's age, I would at least say because it's Hans Christian Anderson. Yeah, because that was the only thing I ever saw for the longest time, and uh, the Rankin Bass stuff that he did. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's like, but I seem to always kind of like Danny Kay as a kid, but I never saw any of his movies. Then one day they played Wonder Man, and I fell in love. I said, "This is a great movie." Now mm-hmm. it's kind of funny that Danny Kay did like three or four double pictures he's like elvis in that way you know it's like you had to have him as twins it's like interesting but <laughs> yeah yeah um, he played two roles. i don't think i've i i i don't i think the one danny k movie i've seen i didn't i don't know which one it was but i didn't find it funny so i don't think i've never seen wonder man either mm, funny wonder movie man, wonder man's good you know yeah, so if you ever have a chance to see it um I'm with you on a song is born, but I'll say worse just because it's the other one that's like is on the Riviera <laughs> because they're both kind of. Oh, like I kind of like on the Riviera. Oh, okay, um, yeah, I kind of like. But that one. other one that I think is a favorite besides Court Jester, I like uh, the other one, which I have to look it up here. Um, Inspector General, which is very similar in a lot of respects. An excellent movie, excellent yeah. comedy. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. on the same. It's not on the same level as Court Jester, but it's a it's a fine comedy. And you know, I've heard that he was a. Uh, uh, a-hole jerk and stuff like that but you know it's like he wasn't you know to quote the late gilbert Gottfried, he was always nice to me <laughs> so yeah, you know, right. it's like uh, he was he was bipolar he was yeah, definitely bipolar yeah they so, didn't know they didn't know what to do about it then you know 
And then our next one is again similarly polarizing, and he probably was bipolar too. Mr. Jerry Lewis. <laughs> my, my, oh, yeah. my favorite. And I have this book, the Jerry Lewis film. And who wrote that? This is uh, that... James Nyber. Yeah, I have the hardcover. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a funny book. He was a guest. I'm gonna be honest with you. He, he should have been I... on here, but oh well. Anyway, can oh, I well. go first? Huh? What? Go, go ahead, Cam. Polarize myself here. Yeah, I have never been a big Jerry Lewis fan, except I love his album work and I love the Martin Lewis stuff. No, wait, you love his what work? The um, the comedy albums. Those comedy songs, oh. yeah. He did a lot of comedy songs. Oh, the comedy song things. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, and then I also love his um Martin. I love Martin Lewis. I just mm-hmm. never dug his solo stuff. Um, but. Um, I'm. I'm also gonna say I was a little bit. I never found. I was just never been a Woody Allen film as much either. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some films I like with Woody Allen. I'm just gonna do them both. Okay, he's the last one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Woody Allen. It's Annie Hall, just because that's one of the few ones I like. Now I like a lot of Martin Lewis films, a lot of them, and I would say um, I like a few Jerry Lewis solo films too. But I would say Sailors Beware is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. You want to go now, Marco? Sure, I'll go second. And then you can. Um, Jerry Lewis, I loved as a kid. I mean, I couldn't get enough of him. There's a cartoon series, Will the Real Jerry Lewis Please Sit Down, even though he didn't voice it. I love the comic book. I was obsessed. It was probably an early obsession. I'd watch the telethon every year. My parents thought I was nuts because it's like, yeah. why are you watching this guy just talk to the screen, uh, shilling for money and stuff like that? And it's like, yeah. It's, but it's Jerry Lewis. <laughs> so, um, strangely enough, I didn't see too many, if any, uh, Dean Martin Jerry Lewis films as a kid. In fact, I didn't even know when when he appeared on the in '76 when they made a big deal about it. I said, "Who? Why is Dean Martin coming out here?" I had wow. no clue. And it's like, well, they made a bunch of films together. Well, I've never seen him. So it's like, you know. So anyway, yeah. that has all changed. I've seen them all and whatever. So. Um, yeah. My dad always said, you know, using my dad again, uh, his favorite uh, of the um, of the uh, Martin Lewis ones, he liked Martin Lewis better than Jerry Lewis. He doesn't like Jerry Lewis solo at all either. So uh, he liked the caddy. I didn't say, I didn't say either. I didn't say at all. <laughs> um, but he liked the caddy, or he still likes the caddy the best. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um the one that has kind of fond memories for me, because strangely enough, it was the final film. My mom died in, 19, in 2008. And strangely enough, I just got um, Money from Home, I think was the film. The third right. one. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it wasn't part of the big Jerry Lewis set. It was a separate standalone release. And mm-hmm. so I bought it. And it, it was like probably days before my mom died you know and we all just sat there it's like my parents never really got along in later years and it's like it was my dad and mom and me watching a dean martin jerry lewis film and it's like everybody was like watching it and laughing and having a good time and so it, it gives me good memories i don't think it's the best film they did but it's like just it united your family yeah <laughs> it was just kind of an odd thing oh that's nice that's, that's a, a very nice memory <laughs> um, that's a wonderful memory to have yeah, uh, that's yeah. wonderful uh on Jerry Lewis solo films, as a kid, I loved Cinderella. As time has gone on, it, it, it gets a little bogged down. It's a little heavy-handed, but, you know. A little? And, uh, yeah. Um, 
and uh ladies man same thing you know and stuff like that and the later stuff less said the better um yeah but uh i do have a soft spot which one is one of the later ones oh well i like cracking up which is really stupid that's really later smorgasbord um but my favorite of all for solo is geisha boy i love the geisha boy and that's Mm. a frank tashlin one again that's tashlin and i like the tashlin but one's better than jerry lewis i didn't think jerry lewis was that great of a director Mm. i mean he came close and nutty professor and bellboy but most of the time he was kind of doing second-rate tashlin i thought so i think the nutty professor is a little bit overrated yeah, yeah. I just think that people think that's his best film, and a lot of people. Do. I just don't think it is. Mm, no, well, that's why I like the yeah. Geisha Boy better, and I don't think it's the best one he directed. You know, I yeah. think the Bellboy is actually better, but you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Mm. um, or even the Aaron Boy. I like that one. That he directed that one, right? Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. I have to double check my <laughs> notes here. Um, so do you want me to do Woody Allen for uh, two or? I didn't get to do Jerry Lewis. Okay, so. Do Jerry Lewis. <laughs> oh, I, I, uh, oh great. I great. thought you meant do Jerry Lewis. Uh, <laughs> Jerry Lewis, like you, he was my hero when I was a child, uh, and then I grew up. Um, I grew up. He, uh, I think Martin and Lewis were great on the Colgate Comedy Hour during the last 15 minutes of every show uh, when they were doing nightclub material because that's where they belonged. I don't think any of their movies were very good. I my favorite was their last one, Hollywood or Bust. Yeah. Uh, not that it's a great film. I just for some reason I enjoy the travel aspect of it. The road, it's a road picture basically. Um, but the rest of their movies all kind of they're all the same. You know, Dean's a shit heel, Jerry gets hurt, Dean learns a lesson and becomes a good guy. Boom, yeah. it's over. Uh, thank God. But um, as far as their films, definitely Hollywood or Bust. Uh, as far as Jerry's solo films, I don't think he ever made a truly great film. Uh, I think all of his films have some wonderful moments, uh, but you could put them into a 30 minute reel, sizzle reel. Uh, I think he's incredibly overrated by a lot of film buffs. I don't think he's a genius by any stretch of the imagination. He's sort of a sleazy nightclub comic who learned how to make movies for Frank Tashlin. but I guess his funniest movie for me is The Errand Boy, because it has some moments that I just absolutely love, even though it's a mess of a movie. I love certain moments. Uh, his worst, I, it's get in line. I mean, I, I, Which Way to the Front is probably the one that I just can't get through. Uh, <laughs> one of many that I can't get through. You know, I can't get through any Jerry Lewis movies, to be honest with you. I can't get through them anymore. It's done. That's one of the things I grew up and it's over. Anyway, so Woody Allen. Woody Allen. You can continue. Okay. Woody Allen to me was the logical successor to the Marx Brothers. His first comedies were comparable to those films, to the Marx Brothers films. They were the most intelligent uh, comedies written uh, for the day. For the day. Um, when I was growing up during the 1970s, we had Woody Allen, Mel Brooks, and Neil Simon. Basically, those were the three that would come out with movies every year. Uh, and I have to say that Woody's were the best. Uh, Neil Simon's were next and Mel's were, I'm not a big Mel Brooks movie fan. But uh, uh, Woody, uh, my favorite would have to be Annie Hall. Uh, it's 
one of the best romantic comedies ever made and one of the most quotable movies ever made. Uh, of his crazy funny movies, I love Love and Death. Uh, it's one of the funniest movies, I think, in the last uh, you know, 50, 60 years. Um, and as far as his later movies, there's so many. There's Crimes and Misdemeanors. There's uh, Hannah and Her Sisters. That he was just a very, very great filmmaker who, you know, he, he, he I always said about Woody Allen, uh, he had to, he was obsessive about making movies. He had to make one a year. And if he made it one every two years, the movies might've been better. In fact, I think they would have been better. Uh, but he sort of rushed movies a lot. And those are the ones that I find difficult to watch. But anyway, uh, uh, if, if of my generation, he was the Marx Brothers. And it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I was never a big Woody Allen fan growing up because I just don't know. I just, I liked, I liked some of his movies. I love Annie Hall. Mm-hmm. I, I, I liked Annie Hall a little bit more when I got older, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mature yeah, I, movie. I, yeah. Um, and, but I just never was a huge Woody Allen fan. I don't mm-hmm. know. I just don't, just wasn't. It's not something I don't like his movies. I just never was a huge fan, right? Right. So I would just say Annie Hall. I don't really think I have a least favorite. But I agree with Nick. The ones that were rushed out are not as good. No. From what I've seen. Well, he has it lot of films you know it's yeah. like it were it's like going back to the silent era days i mean how do you <laughs> delve through all <laughs> there's things? so many there's so many. um so my favorite will be and always will be um sleeper mm-hmm. uh bananas is a close second take the money and run um never warm to annie hall as much i like it better and same thing with love and death i like them better now that i've gotten older mm-hmm. um he definitely at Annie Hall. He had a definite shift in career tone, and the only movie that he did later that I thought ever came close to being like one of his early films was this one called Small Time Crooks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, other than that, you know, he became like a regular filmmaker. And if he wasn't in it, you didn't even really know it was a Woody Allen film, except that it just was kind of an average film. That's about it. Mm, but yeah. if he was in it, you know, it's like, I think the worst film that he was in has got to be the one, and I forgot the name, Hollywood something or other. Where he, where he plays the blind film director. And I, oh, really, wanted that, and I really wanted that one to be funny. And I was like screaming. I was like, this is horrible. I um, actually liked it. I actually really, liked it. Oh. Yeah. I did. And I think I just had higher expectations. I think that's what it yeah. was. Um, and I don't like all his movies, believe and me. And I like uh, probably Zelig, Purple Rose from Cairo, that kind of era. I don't, I'm not a big fan of Mia Farrow in his films, but I like that era quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's kind of weird. I like Radio Days, you know, and she's like in all of them. And it's like, yeah. uh, I don't really care for her in it, but I like those films. And it's like mm-hmm. maybe. There was something to that relationship in that regard that helped him make a kind of more stable films that were kind of entertaining, you know. Because yeah. you know, even with Louise Lasser and Diane Keaton, it was like even though those are funny, they're also very chaotic. They are like Mel Brooks films or Marx Brothers films. There's lots of chaos going on. Yeah, it's not very yeah. straightforward narratives. Yeah. But, um, and I know him and Jerry Lewis and Danny Kay are very polarizing, especially, you know, of events that aren't necessarily proven one way or the other. But it's like, I I always have, I don't have a problem 
still liking a guy even if he's screwed up in his personal life you know if he didn't oh, personally it, wrong me so yeah it, I, it depends i still it have my bill the person i still have my bill on... cosby comedy albums you know and i still think right, the, ones he did right. the 60s were brilliant and, and so like, i'm and sorry so that he may or may not have done that stuff with those women uh-huh. But he didn't personally hurt me with it. I so, agree with that too. Yeah, you know. So. I think that that's one of the problems with Woody Allen. I think that by the time that I was growing up, that scandal had already broke out. That scandal had broken out when I was like eight. Mm-hmm. But before then, I think I think it was wasn't it back like in the late nineties too? Something yeah, like before that, I was yeah. born. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the whole thing was like that whole thing, and basically, so you know, they weren't on TV. He wasn't on TV as much, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't. They didn't play him as much as they would another comedian. Right. Right. And I think that everyone who I grew up with would have remembered Woody Allen mm-hmm. doing some something messed up. So basically, I think that almost like everyone afterwards, his legacy is kind of like tarnished, which I think is unfortunate mm-hmm. because he was a really good director. Mm-hmm. He was really funny. Yeah. Talented, talented man. What about Jerry Lewis and all the allegations that are coming yeah. out about him? Yeah. He was a, an asshole as well. But, you know, my going back to what you were saying, Mark, I, there are certain performers that I could overlook that, the, the asshole behavior in the background. Yeah. Certain, certain of them can't hide it yeah. or have trouble hiding it. Jerry Lewis was one of those people. I agree. I, yeah. He was the most arrogant prick. Uh, <laughs> When, when I saw him in person, I was ushering at a theater. I got to see him eight times in a row. And his attitude was always, you people were so lucky to have me here. And I was like, I just got nauseous. He, was yeah, he, he rubs people the wrong way, you know? And it's like, yeah. I don't revere him as much as I, was, as a, I did as a kid. But it's like, mm-hmm. I just, I think I just kind of turn a blind eye to some of his stuff because it's like, I never saw him in person. I never really wanted to. Uh, yeah. it's kind of funny um i i just said well i like what i like i i didn't tend to like i would still watch the telethon because i was a nut but i didn't care for old greasy jerry lewis or old mm. fat jerry lewis or old mm-hmm. sickly jerry yeah. lewis you know yeah. i like the young buzz cut jerry lewis but you know it's like he can't be nine years old forever you know and it's like well i can still still watch that stuff you know <laughs> i think what made me dislike jerry lewis was after watching him on this <laughs> oh that just that just made me want to shoot myself i swear i went after richard Ban. yeah i just did, I did. not went like him. that he just yeah. seems so because i'm reading this and watching this at the same time and i'm like i found it incredibly offensive i, I found I it, really it was offensive. horrible mm-hmm. he was he was such a prick i'm sorry Jerry uh, Lewis was a prick. i'm sorry <laughs> I'll say two Jerry Lewis things that made me cringe um, in my lifetime. Well, there's many, but two, you know, just ugh, just like that one. I forgot about yeah. that Laurel Hardy one, but um, there's a documentary. I don't even think they put it in the Blu-ray now. It used to be on the DVD and the tape, but I think they've taken it off. And it's a reunion movie where they interview most of the surviving stars. Uh, and Jerry Lewis is only in Mad Mad World for like 20 seconds, maybe. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he takes up the majority of the interview time. And it's like, dude, you didn't even, you weren't even in the film. And he's like talking about how great this and that and the other. And it's like, you probably did it where you're half asleep in your lunch hour. You know, it's yeah. like, and it, it, I don't know why they gave him so much interview screen time. And it's like, I would have had, I would have killed for more interview time with like Jonathan Winters or something like that. But anyway. yeah, but it's um, the same thing. It's the same thing that happened with that 
crappy documentary where he goes off on the senile story. Uh, I asked Richard Band, how, how could you allow this to go out on the thing? He goes, well, he's a big name and wanted to publicize that he was in it. I'm like, great, you just did damage to these people you profess to love so much. You're damaging their, their legacy. That's the way I, I feel. Read- articles where they use that as their reference. That's what I'm afraid of. That's exactly what I'm afraid of. (laughs) I've actually read that before. Mm -hmm. It's important to me. And you know, it's like, and that idiot, that idiot, uh, Jerry Lewis, you know, forever. (laughs) He supposedly Stan was, he was my best friend. You know what? Stan didn't like Jerry Lewis. Dick Cavett spoke about a phone call he got, um, from Stan and Stan was in the hospital. This was at the end. And uh, he was asking, well, have you gotten any visitors? And he talked about that pain in the ass, Jerry Lewis. <laughs> I wish you'd just leave me alone. So there you go. There you go. Oh. The other one was, um, and now it's commonly available on home video, but it was the uh, Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, 10th anniversary show from 1972. I was mm-hmm. in the museum broadcasting, and I think in New York, and I checked it out because I said, hey, I've never seen this before. Mm-hmm. And everybody comes out and does their hellos. It has Jack Benny, it has George Burns. It's really good. Everybody's mm-hmm. praising Johnny for having 10 years, which is incredible since he went 20 more years after that. But yeah. uh, And then Jerry Lewis comes out, and it's like suddenly it's like all the attention is pulled. He's pulling it towards him, and it's like it's Johnny's night. Will you shut the F up? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, those are the, you know, things like that are just like, yeah. I uh, there's some people that can't Jerry, I think part of the reason I don't like Jerry Lewis is because I came into watching him through already <coughs> knowing about that he's kind of a prick. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm of the younger generation, so where you, when you read up about, I like to read up on movies before I watch them. It's just something I'm that way too. Do. I'm that way too. So, but when I read all this stuff about Jerry Lewis, I'm like, well, this is gonna be fun, and like you just don't enjoy it as much. And the same thing goes for Woody Allen. But I think I didn't like Woody Allen for other reasons. I just mm-hmm. never found him funny. But I think I need to look back again at his older films now that I'm older. Yeah, you should. They're very, very intelligent. Yeah, I think They're it's very like now that I'm a college student. I think I'm gonna watch them very differently. Yeah, I, yeah. I think so too. Because I haven't seen them since I was in early high school, so I think it's a very it should be very different. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I know it's not in Malton's book, and but you mentioned him, and I like him more than you do. I love Mel, Mel Brooks. Brooks. Yeah, I don't care oh, for I, his I, last films. His Dracula is dreadful and things like that. But you know, when he was on, he was on, and I love Mel Brooks, and I'm glad he's still with us. You know, and I'm glad oh, he's not too. making more films. So anyway, oh no, 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 I I, I love Mel. Yeah. Mel, 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 yeah. and I worked together for five years, and he's a mm-hmm. he's a hell of a guy. Um. I don't like his films because uh, he came from television writing sketches, writing 10 minute sketches for Sid Caesar. And he wrote some of the great sketches of all time. Some of the great television sketches of all time. And that is his meter. That's his meteor. That's where he's at his best. His movies are basically bloated television sketches. Um, Nobody's serious. Everyone's winking at the camera. Everybody's going waka waka. And uh, after 10 minutes, I'm ready for the sketch to be over. I'm sorry. I just don't, I don't find it great material. There's a lot of caca, poo-poo, you know, schoolyard humor that I think helped drag down 
uh, that helped out with the dumbing down of America, uh, farting scenes and and you know yeah. big big dick scenes and all this garbage. He started all this garbage. He helped bring us down uh, in comedy. Uh, but no, I think his movies are basically overlong uh, sketches. Some of the movies are better than others. I like. Uh, I have a fondness, I should say. Uh, the original producers uh, up until the last like 20 minutes uh, <laughs> up until uh, whatchamacallit ends springtime for Hitler ends then the movie just goes to hell but uh, I'm not a fan of Blazing Saddles I'm not a fan of Young Frankenstein really uh, I'm sorry I guessed every joke I every punchline when I, I first it. saw it yeah was in my teens and I'm like no, uh, but when anyway. you're in your teens and you see those movies, you, it, it does. I agree with you, Nick. I'm sorry to interrupt, by the way. I agree with you, Nick. It does. I like Mel Brooks, but I agree with you, Nick. When you watch those movies, especially when you're a teenager, because when you're yeah. a teenager, those jokes you've already heard before. It's a lot of dad humor. It's a lot of dad humor. Yeah. A lot of cock out poo poo humor. And to tell you the truth, I, I they're just not very good. Um, uh, I liked uh, parts of, um, oh boy, High Anxiety had, had a few clever things in it. Uh, I tried to watch Silent Movie recently and just couldn't get through it. Um, sorry, he's a great sketch writer. And on a talk show, uh, being spontaneous, uh, his recordings as the 2000 year old man. Oh yeah. Brilliant brilliant but yep. he's not a, he's not a great filmmaker sorry <laughs> I, the one yeah. another person i liked that i wanted to point out but i know a lot of people don't but i like him like some people do i like peter sellers and peter sellers the greatest character comedian of all time i don't know why malton didn't include him in the book well he made a yeah, lot well, of bad films unfortunately oh he did he did yeah. but you can't deny his talent there was yes. nobody better yeah nobody. i mean if and he if just, he only made Doctor Strange Love, it would yeah. be enough. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, Doctor I mean, Strange Love is another film that I saw on the biggest TV screen possible, and there's nothing you can do better than watching Doctor Strange Love on the biggest it, screen you could possibly watch. To me, the greatest, greatest film comedy ever. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he he needed to be more like the Marx Brothers, make about thirteen films because there's about thirteen films that are good. You know? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> but anyway. I think those were milked too far. The what? I'm sorry. Patty, Mark, Mark, you wrote the De Patty Freeling book. I think the pink first Pink Panther film was fine, but those then he just milked it way too far. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I liked those when I was younger, like the Jerry Lewis movies. Yeah. Um, I prefer his, uh, you know, I like Dr. Strangelove. I love Lolita. Yeah. Um, you know, those movies were classics and he was just brilliant just brilliant and then he got out of hand he was a madman he was literally a madman all right well that this kind of fun. covers everything does it why did we cover everything unless we don't yeah. do wheeler and woolsey <laughs> anyway wow we're gonna do um, schuster now we're <laughs> schuster now we didn't break them down yeah i i i always found them very funny uh <laughs> I know some of their films are not available, but the ones that are, are available are, are, are good. I think the scripts could be better. Um, wow. But they're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun. Yeah. Seriously, were they as fun making them as 
uh, watching them. <laughs> I've, I've been in, I hate to sound like, you know, George Jessel, but I've been in show business. It's going on 48 years and it was the most fun I've ever had in 48 years. Let's go. Cool. We were telling that Mark, is, they would be so, we would be so, I was telling Mark, it'd be so fun if Will Ryan was here, you could do a whole Biffle and Schuster thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, believe me, if I had, <laughs> if I had one wish. Yeah. My buddy. All right. Well, how do you want to wrap it up? Just have an abrupt ending <laughs> yeah right right <laughs> have a fade well I'm, I'm quoting monty python now which we didn't even talk about you know it's like but that that is one of my favorite endings of a python episode i just watched it you know it's the ant episode and they're he's buying mm-hmm. an ant to terrence and at the end uh, he says well that's kind of a crummy ending and so he says well we got these other endings and he goes yeah well, one, two lone figures walking the beach no mm-hmm. And it goes, and then there's one where they go, get him, and they chase him out. And it goes, no. Yeah. And then yeah. a woman comes up to him and says, oh, oh, you wouldn't like that one. Why wouldn't I like that? <laughs> <laughs> and he says, how about a slow fade? And it slowly fades. And then he goes, no. Nah, and it comes back to full. <laughs> and then he says, okay, how about just an abrupt ending? And that was Boom. it. And, and it's out. The end. They just... <laughs> oh, they I love great. that. Anyway, they were just so... great. Oh. Right. Was, that, was that one of the ones without fleas? It was strangely yeah, enough, yeah. but he scripted it. I don't know if he wrote that part he, of it. He wrote on, yeah, yeah. He but that on. was the original draft for the Holy Grail. But yeah. they're going to find it in Herod's, you know. Which <laughs> I'm kind of glad they didn't do that, you know. Even though that one has kind of a crummy ending, similar to like Blazing Saddles, you know, where it just yeah, yeah, that is a crummy ending. A little more properly, but that was the thing in the '70s. You had to do that kind of zany, mm-hmm. wacky, whoopy type stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, guys, boy, it's 11:40. Um, this is going to be two or three 12 episodes, I think. Well, wow, you're in Florida. It's an hour <laughs> later there. It is 837 uh, yeah. here, but anyway, so I will oh, wrap boy. it up and we'll, uh, I'll, I'll leave you on the lines. Don't hang up. But anyway, so, all right. Uh, that wraps it up for another Fun Ideas podcast. Thank you, Camden. Thank you, Nick. Uh, I'm looking down. I'm doing, I'm doing the Brady Bunch. I'm doing the Brady Bunch. I'm looking at you and I'm looking at you. We're <laughs> <laughs> all looking at each other. Okay. All right. (laughs) So we'll see you next time on the Fun Ideas Podcast. Did I stop it? No, I didn't stop. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Nick Santa Maria and Camden Spees, for being my special guests. Remember, you can always watch the video version of this episode on YouTube. Episode number 176 will be coming soon. If you would like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. Become a patron of Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions. If everyone listening just contributed a dollar a month, that would be a tremendous help in continuing the production of my books and this podcast. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The opening and closing music for the Fun Ideas Podcast is provided courtesy of Andrew the Slow Poisoner Goldfarb and is used with permission. This has been the Fun Ideas Podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2022. Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you, and good night.